Welcome to the Career After COVID podcast, where you'll get actionable ideas to survive the pandemic and economic downturn and take your career to the next level when it's over. Here's our co-hosts, Fleur Hull and Kim Korolevich. Hi, Kim. Hey, Fleur, how are you going? Good, good. And start of another week. How's your weekend been? Um, oh, look, really good. Like, lovely time spent with friends, um, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. So, you know, it was lovely and just that reconnecting with people and old friends. So I had a lovely time. How about you? Yeah, a bit of friend action and a bit of family action. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, no, it was, it was good. It's quite raining here in Perth over the weekend. But how nice to reconnect with people. I think it's a, a bit of a metaphor, isn't it, for reopening? It you is. Know, now these co- connections are sort of able to be nourished face-to-face again. Absolutely. I mean, and I think, from you know, me in Queensland, you know, we're sort of, you know, where I was going to head down into New South Wales, I can't. So, yeah, I'm sort of reconnecting with friends here that I've, you know, years go by sometimes. That's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Years yeah. can go yeah. by. Yeah, I know, I know. With your old friends, you, they sort of turn up and it's like yesterday again. So got to value those friendships, you know, nurture and value. And yeah, absolutely. So today we're talking about launching your business, getting it off the ground and making a start. We've talked about planning in previous episodes and working out whether your business idea is is going to fly. Uh, And so today we're talking about, I guess, the launch process, just the very uh, last sort of stages of planning to to get your business off the ground, why it's important and, um, and some of the pitfalls to avoid. So let's get stuck into it. Fabulous. I'd love to hear your take on this. I've been thinking about the first 90 or 100 days of, of a new business. There's a couple of really, um, a couple of bestsellers out there, aren't there, called the first 90 days and the first 100 days. And it's yeah. often a measure when people start a new role, particularly as a leader or a politician, that, you know, there's a sort of a recap of, of what happened in those first 100 days. So, why is it so important, and, and particularly in the new business space, to get the first 100 days right? Um, look, I think when you, when you are launching um, something new, you, you've, you've had that date in mind, you know, this launch date, and you've talked about it and you've told people about it and, you know, that, that getting ready to launch that we've talked about. So when it comes you know, there is an excitement to it and that's an excitement of energy and also information that hopefully people are waiting for, right? So you've got this kind of period of high motivation and energy and hopefully like a a, a bit of a captive audience that's waiting to see what's coming. And um, everyone loves a news story, right? Like that's why it's called the news, I guess. (laughs) But um, it's something new and exciting and what is it that I need to know and um, you've been kind of, you know, putting all your teasers out and um, here it comes. So, I mean, the expectation's there, right, with the customer or, you know, whoever is at the end point there. Um, so, yeah, you want to, like, create that kind of, you know, that hot cognitive kind of state, as it's sometimes called, where it's like people are in that moment, in that zone. So, you know, you've got to capitalise on that. 
um, it's an exciting period of time. Um, and that's why that first hundred's good. And also it's because, you know, when something's new, you know, you want to um, maximise um, opportunities for people to engage with the product and, um, yeah, it, it's just that first point of, you know, looking at, you know, you've spent a lot of time getting this ready and you're kind of like watching yourself, aren't you, watching to see if that strategy's working and, you know, like a good 90 days is a good period of time to sort of see momentum build or not and then you're kind of in that zone like quickly being able to, you know, tinker and move it this way or that way. So you you, you don't want to sort of let it languish because people will forget about you very quickly. Someone else comes along. So, yeah, I think it's a really... um critical time but it's also an exciting fun time I mean fun I don't know but exciting you know you want to keep that energy going and keeping people excited by what you're doing absolutely yes yeah the other um the other thing I thought about and you sort of alluded to it is um uh it helps you develop your confidence as a as a new entrepreneur or in that market trying things out seeing what works uh, reorienting or, or being flexible around changing things up before the business gets too set in its ways. And I think that can be a, a great confidence builder to have those quick wins, um, you know, making sure in your business planning that there's some low-hanging fruit, yeah. some, some opportunities for some quick sales, uh, that that build that momentum and and build your confidence as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think yeah, definitely having those quick wins. And you know, I've I've had the first time I remember invoicing someone. You know, it was like, oh my god, this happened. This worked. The first time I sold something. You know, like it, it is. It's a real thrill, and it's really great for your confidence. And you're absolutely right. It builds on that. And um. Yeah, yeah, definitely a good time for that. Fantastic. So in terms of the process or some of the the, uh, actions that entrepreneurs can take, um, it's a pretty classic list, isn't it, what what happens there at that, uh, you know, I guess post-formal business plan but pre-launch day-to-day action plan stage uh, mm-hmm. leading up to the, the last few weeks, I guess, and then when you kind of hit the, the go button on, on what you're offering. So things like setting a budget, which you've, you've done in your business plan in that formal sense of, of forecasting what you think the revenues will be and what your costs will be, both in terms of fixed set-up costs uh, and your ongoing cost of product that you're going to sell or, or cost of providing the service that you're going to sell. Um, and there's lots of great tools out there to help you do that. Uh, in Australia here, there's quite a few of the state-based business advisory offices have templates that you can use to plan a business budget Also, now a lot of the banks, if you have a business account, will give you access to business budget planning spreadsheets, templates. 
Yeah, absolutely. Also tools in your accounting software or your bookkeeping software as well. So whether you're using QuickBooks or Xero or uh, any of those major packages, they've got a lot of tools in there that you can use. But, again, it's one of those things you can Google and uh, there's there's literally millions of results of of templates that you can use to uh, to start the process of, of setting that budget up and, and working out, um, you know, and monitoring it. So as you launch, actually tracking what's coming in and uh, and going out on a on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind. Of, that's really important. Um, and oh yeah, as we've mentioned in previous ones, like you know, looking at your budget and you know and thinking about your forecasting and your cash flowing and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yes. it's very important. Yeah, very important. I really, yeah. And, and it is, yeah, like, like we've talked about in uh, in previous episodes, um, it's, a, it's a big trap for people if they haven't had small business around them in some form, either growing up or they know a lot of, you know, they don't know a lot of small business operators. Uh, it can be a real trap actually forgetting that you've you've got to get the money in you've, and, and at the right time That's uh, right. to pay for your supplies or the people that are helping you or whatever and, and keeping that balance of, of timeliness of payments is is really important. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I think cash flow is one of yeah. As you've just said, it, it can be really underrated and misunderstood, um, but it's critical. Critical to business success. Absolutely. Yeah. The other uh, important thing, and and we've alluded to this in previous episodes as well, is around your inventory and logistics, fulfilment, and delivery of of what you're offering. So depending upon what that is. Um, but, you know, talking obviously in the product space, in the physical product space here, uh, being really conscious and particularly during COVID of having the flow of inventory there to fulfil orders because you, the worst, you know, what, one of the worst things you can do, I mean, the worst is obviously not getting any orders but the yeah. second worst is getting a lot of orders and not being able to fulfil them and the negative customer sentiment that that creates that can kind of shut your business down. If, if, if it's a really bad failure there at the beginning, you, you can end up really having to shut down because there's so many negative reviews online of over-promising and, and under-delivering by your firm. Yeah, absolutely. That expectation um, by the customer. I mean, I've, I'm always like my sister and I always dabbling in ideas and looking to source a few things just to play with. And obviously in the middle of COVID, we've come across, you know, supplies where it's, you know, just constantly says out of stock, out of stock. And like at this point in time, we get that. But, you know, I did come across one and it's not completely off point because, you, you know, we are obviously having a functional website with all those sort of right things in place for a good sales funnel, et cetera. But um, I put a whole lot of things in a basket, shopping basket, shopping cart. And I guess I'm used to, you know, if I don't press the, the I'm going to buy it now, purchase now button, you know, you sort of get a little reminder email going, hey, you've still got things in your basket, you know. Um, 
not only did I not get a reminder telling me I still had stuff in my basket, but it cleared my basket. So I actually did go back to finish the order and it had been completely wiped. So, you know, Fleur, that's like a that's a real error, that one for me. Yeah. I would have gone through and put probably 15, you know, 15 items. They're only like anywhere from like $2 to $10 an item. But, um, you know, like really thinking about what I was interested in, getting little sample products of, uh, yeah, emptied my basket. So, yeah. yeah. It's one. a tough one though, isn't it, from the from the seller's yeah. perspective because you've yeah, got, you do have to put a time limit on it. So I see some websites where you, you can see the clock ticking down so your basket will expire in, you know, 29 minutes and 50 seconds. In other yeah. words, because of supply issues, we have to release these products to other people if you're if you're not going to make a decision. Yeah. Uh, yes, that company, whoever it was, uh, has obviously not got their um, email marketing funnel no. management software no. in place to to uh, abandon cart email, yeah. and it's it's it is one of those classic things that uh, anyone in e-commerce these days really needs to be on top of there's one i'm gonna get i'm gonna mention a company like in a good way like adore beauty so i do buy a lot of products online and you know try different things and you know adore beauty's been around a really uh, quite a while now one of the first players in the online beauty cosmetics and skincare um so have a go at that anyone who's listening put your stuff in the basket and you will never lose that basket, let me tell you. I don't know what they do. They must have some really good inventory or stock, but you will get reminders and you will get all sorts of things. They, you know, and a few others are like that. They've got you and they Amazon, let you go. It's a classic, they're, Amazon. Amazon, yeah, they don't let you go. They, they, they're like, we're holding on to you. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't forgotten that you actually had an inkling of an interest and you've got it that's great that's fantastic well I do I actually put things in my basket that I don't want now with Amazon yeah. um yeah so that I know I can come back to it 100% that's exactly what I do yeah. too and occasionally you'll end up getting a notification or when you go back they'll say this is no longer available but exactly. that's pretty rare or you know often get a thing saying this item in your basket has decreased in price that's right yeah I do quite a lot of things like that too it's almost like a little holding pattern if I'm looking at, you know, glasses, sunglasses online. Like I'll have like about 50 pairs in a basket just because I want to be able to have them, you know, in one go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Just I just thought I'd mention that. I just It was yeah, only recent yeah. that I kind of was like, probably, we've lost it. It's probably a, a function of, the, you know, the size of the operation. So probably. an Adore Beauty and an Amazon, obviously, I mean, Amazon being the biggest ever, yeah. Uh, you know they can they can afford with with their access to product mm. to be able to do that. But if you think about it, yeah, from from someone that's in a more of a small to medium enterprise, I guess there does have to be a limit on it. But but you would think that that um, you they could have a, a widget there that actually allowed you to look at previous shopping carts. That's I think items that you put in your cart before which have now expired, yeah. uh, click on the products to, to um, add them to your cart again. Yeah, or we'll let you know when they're back in. Yeah. Or, or at the very least in that example I provided, an email or something to go, you know, 
the countdown's on, do you still want the stuff in your cart? You know what I mean? Like, because I literally, I'm one of those people that has about 30 sessions open of God knows what at a time on my laptop. So I dart from one thing to another. So you it's quite and me both. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we're rare about that. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a thing. I mean, most of my stuff's not shopping, but I, ha- I have got about 28 tabs open on, on Chrome. Yeah. Me too, me too. All and sorts I've got, of I've got 78 web tabs open on my phone. Yep. Because yeah. Because I keep them there. They're part of my reminder system. 100%. That's exactly what I do too. Yep, I always go back. I've got, you know, if someone tells me something, like we'll be talking. Yeah. And I'll quickly tap it in. Yep. Open up the web page and leave it. Yeah. And then at some point I, I weave my way back through all those pages. And that's right. That was that. That was that. Exactly. We all and do you it. Transfer it into Evernote or make yeah. a to do to do list um, item out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. that was the launching success tip not to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Exactly. Um, and I guess, look, the other, you know, launching is mainly a marketing exercise. So yeah. the rest of the stuff you need to think about is really about, like you said, getting the hype, getting the lead up, uh, getting getting anticipation before launch. And, and we'll do episodes um, about this down the track and, and provide details in how to sort of build your mailing list uh, so that when you do launch new products or services, you have a list to to get excited about that, and and therefore yeah. you you launch you don't just sort of launch to the big wide world, but that you have a group of warm leads, a list of warm leads that you can uh, you can launch to. There's all the stuff around, which is like I said, this is the classic list. You know, you've got to buy your domain name, set up your social media accounts. Uh, and, and think about which ones you set up. You, you do need to to keep it as simple as possible and not overextend yourself on social um, because it just becomes a nightmare to manage. You really have to think about where your ideal client or, or buyer is, which which uh, format they're using. Um, and again, we'll have some information on that in uh, in the show show notes um, in terms of how to how to choose those. Um, the other thing, I guess, it sort of relates to logistics, um, but but more so to customer service. Setting up an email help desk, so yes. actually having a, a a widget or a tool within your website uh, that that can link to some of your socials or not, but at least within your website, that um, at least puts your customers in a holding pattern and, and gives them something after they inquire uh, so that they're, they're told, they're responded to immediately, even if you can't respond to them straight away, um, and gets them into a customer service funnel uh, which can also, you know, double as a sales funnel depending upon the structure of your business and, and what you're trying to do. But getting that help desk happening uh, and as you grow, you know, potentially getting a, some human involvement in that so that, you know, initially when, when a sole trader starts out, they'll obviously be managing their email on their own but eventually getting a virtual assistant who just handles emails and, and social media posts 
those sorts of things. There's, uh, that's a great way to, to outsource that low-level stuff so that you can spend more time growing the business. Absolutely. Um, moving on to pitfalls, because there are a lot, um, and one of them we've already mentioned, you know, yeah. not having your inventory in yeah. place. Um, the business and marketing plan are absolutely critical, and we've we've done an episode, obviously, about that. So uh, you can head back to that episode uh, to 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 see what we've said, and, and the show notes also give some great insights on and templates on how to go about doing that. Um, related to the marketing plan is is market research, uh, and yeah, not understanding your market, you, the competitive landscape, and particularly your customer. You've really got to know who your ideal customer is, and uh, there's yeah, there's lots of ways to to flesh that out in terms of creating, you know, your ideal customer avatar is one of the terms that they um, they they use in this space, and really creating a picture of what this person, you know, what their demographics are, what age they are, are they male or female, are they living in a city or in a rural area, uh, what sort of media do they consume, um, and, you know, what their interests are and, and what, what their problems are. What can I ask you about that? Are? Yes. So you can have more than one avatar, right? Like if yes. I was thinking of, you know, again, if I think of Adore Beauty, there'd be yes. a number of, you know, obviously customers, you know, people that like beauty and, you know, makeup and stuff like that. But inside of that, of course, there's going to be a number of different avatars. Um, yes which then creates different, I guess, way, channels to actually <clears throat> get into them as well, right, like to reach them. So it's, it's a great exercise. But, um, yeah, I, I, you hear different things and I just thought I'd clarify that for listeners that sometimes there is one avatar and sometimes you've got a few. So Yeah, no, good point. Absolutely. It's, um, it's so long as you can keep on top of, of who that person is, yeah. Um, and and really make all your business decisions around serving them and yeah. solving their problems. Yes. Because another, um, you know, pitfall, I guess, is that you, you um, and we'll talk about this more in our episode around growth, but, you know, your mission creep where you actually try and extend and, and serve too many avatars. That's right. right. What you were actually founded to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good point. One that I picked up on um, in my reading was the idea that, you know, being impatient is a real pitfall. Mm. Uh, And it's it's a double-edged one because you do want to be patient and let the results roll out uh, in theory. In practice, you just may not have that much of a runway in terms of funding to let an underperforming business keep going forever. And yeah. there is a point at which you have to cut your losses and yeah. and let something go. And mm-hmm. you really need to rely on the advice of your professional team, whether it's your accountant or um, 
uh, your mentor or people that are in, you know, your peers as, as business founders because I think, you know, sometimes you can get so passionate about your idea that you just want to keep ploughing on forever because you're convinced that this is the, the latest best thing and, you know, this, the sales data just may not be bearing that out and, you know, you really need to analyse why it's not working if it's not in that first 100 days. Yeah. And, uh, and pivot, uh, a very overused word these days. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> um, pivot, you know, and, or, or tweak, uh, whether it's the product itself or your marketing of it or both. Um, and hopefully your preparation before you launched will have assured you that you've got the right product or service to meet the needs and solve the problems of your ideal customer segment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, overspending, <laughs> another pitfall, and I think, I think, you know, this is where having a budget is really important because you can get distracted by the next big thing, whether it's, you know, paying for another app uh, hooked up to your website to one of the things that I've seen a lot of people adding to their websites lately, I don't know if you've noticed them, are these um, prize wheels. Have you had those popping up where in the left-hand bottom corner you, you get onto a website and they say, oh, win a prize, spin the wheel and win a prize. Yeah. And then, um, of course, you click on it and, you, you know, you've won a, a $10 voucher for this service. To claim your voucher, please type in your email here. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's obviously a way of them building their email list. But I just, I just refuse to go there. I, unless I'm really, really devoted to that product or service or whatever it is, I click off. Yeah. Click off the whole website. Um, yeah. If I am, you know, if I'm really needing something or finding something out there, I'll just click off the, the, the spinning wheel. So, you know, the latest sort of gadgets and, and things that you can sign up for, you really have to be careful of cost control and, and getting a return on investment, a proven return on investment. You've got to see other, other entrepreneurs' results from the things that you're planning to spend your money on. Yeah. And really finding ways to get the best deal. So you know, getting three quotes when you're going to buy something, particularly something of, of a decent value. That's I'm, right. I'm always amazed. I think particularly in um, public sector organisations, but even in large private businesses, because there isn't that focus on cash flow, you know, I've come into jobs where, you know, I've taken over a budget and looked through how much they've been spending on things like printing costs because they've always done it with so and such and such a printer. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've, in a couple of examples, I've cut costs of major publications by, you know, close to, to half just by getting, you know, getting the providers to sharpen their pencils and to know that they're in competition for our business. Yeah, absolutely. All sorts of things are skills, and and not being afraid to ask for a discount. That's right. You know, I think particularly saying, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna 
I'll pay for this now on the spot with my credit card. Will you give me 10% off? Or I'll pay for it. I'll give you a bank transfer instead of you having to pay credit card fees. Will you give me a discount for cash? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, there's some of those really simple business fundamentals like get three quotes and, you know, things like that where you ask for a discount. They're not always, it's not, it's surprising, but it's not just common knowledge sometimes, you know. So. Yeah, and it's I've noticed that with people. Is that the best price you get? Well, yeah, I rang someone and that's what they told me. And it's like, well, you know, even at the moment I'm getting electrical work done at home, so I'm getting quotes. (laughs) I mean, you know, I've got to get what I need done for the right price and at a good quality as well. So definitely there's some fundamental parts of business that um, people may or may not be aware of. So, yeah. And I guess the corollary to to overspending is underpricing. Yeah. So um, Sarah Allchurch alluded to this. She was talking about in the early days of of her business uh, in corporate, um, you know, investor relations and public relations. She uh, she she knows now that she was undervaluing and underpricing her services. Um, uh, it's a hard one to get right because you, you haven't built your confidence or your name necessarily when you start out. And yeah. so, um, yeah, you've got to do a lot of research of what your competitors are charging and make sure that you, depending again on what your, your value proposition is, are you going for least cost, you know, least low, low prices and, and low, you know, low quality or low customer service is that you're offering or are you going for something premium um, that that offers all of the bells and whistles um, and therefore because you're serving customers in such a way that they're prepared to pay a little bit extra? Mm, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a whole lot of sort of legal issues that you need to get right by speaking to a professional, things like you know, forming the right business entity, whether it's a sole partner, a sole trader or a partnership or an incorporated entity, uh, thinking about insurance from very early on. So whether it's public liability insurance or professional indemnity insurance, mm-hmm. you need to be really careful that you can't be sued and have to, you know, if, it, if something goes wrong, whether it's an unhappy customer or someone falls over on your premises or it, once you start employing staff, obviously workers' compensation, all those things you've got to have uh, have right. Having a written agreement with your business partners if you're in a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess sort of related to that in the, in the finance space, um, Getting good advice on when's a good time to actually borrow money to expand your business, but we'll talk more about that in the growth episode coming up. Yes, absolutely. They're the main ones. Were there anything else that you um, you'd come across in your uh, your reading or experience, Kim? I think um, you know I can see not having a website like that's you know a big a big issue, and then and not having that appropriate sales funnel you know like you've done some great social media and but there's no sort of funnel that pushes it through to someone wanting to give you money like you know there's a lot of beautiful imagery but you know just really getting that right and that customer service element that you spoke about but yeah giving people ample opportunity to 
give you their money, make it easy for them. Mm. So yeah, yeah, invest. It's it's a whole process, isn't it? The, to invest in um, everything from getting the product right to promoting it to selling it. That's yeah. what you do at the end of the day. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a great uh, catch up, Kim, and, and chance to yeah. think about business launching. And hopefully, it's useful to some of our listeners out there. We'll be uh, podcasting again every week. So listen out for us on your favourite podcast app. Check out our website that's now live at careeraftercovid.com and you can join our Facebook group, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn and we'll look forward to speaking with you in a week's time. Fabulous. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Career After COVID podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and check out more tips and ideas at careeraftercovid.com.